Welcome to the podcast. The 2041 season is in the books, so we're going to hit the awards real quick and then recap the postseason and do some development trait news, maybe not all of that in that order, Um, and then maybe something else at the end of the episode here. So looking at the 2041 annual awards, uh, MVP of of the league was Lamar Thornhill for the Patriots. I believe this is his fifth MVP award, so very impressive there. Uh, Rams coach won coach of the year, so everybody's going to be unhappy about that. In the AFC, offensive player of the year, uh, of course, is Thornhill. Uh, Defensive player of the year, Jaden Hudson, the defensive tackle for the Patriots. So the Patriots getting offensive and defensive players of the year uh, uh, there in the AFC, sweeping kind of all the awards. Uh, Offensive rookie of the year, not a user player, which is kind of surprising, although Jarrett Wesley for the Browns came in second. Uh, Defensive rookie, not a user player. Of course, best quarterback, Thornhill. Uh, Best running back. Terran Strong for the Chiefs had had a great year. I believe that's the only representation we get from the Chiefs here. Best receiver of the year, Jarrett Wesley, uh, the rookie receiver for the Browns. And we'll talk about uh, what he gained from this in the development traits. We'll talk about a few of these guys. Uh, coming in second, Matthias Wright for the Chiefs. So good year for him. Offensive lineman of the year, Diamond Henson for the Patriots, uh, followed by Skinner for the Browns. Uh, Hudson, who won Defensive Player of the Year, also won Defensive Lineman of the Year. Elijah Warner, that uh, speed rusher for the Patriots, uh, won Best Linebacker. Best DB, Miles Brown of the Browns at safety, uh, often the user-controlled player on their defense. Moving over to the NFC, Best Kicker, nobody cares. Uh, Offensive Player of the Year was Anthony Guerrero from the Cardinals, so nobody... We know their defensive player of the year, Phil Burrell, or Burrell, 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 I'm going with Burrell, Phil Burrell, Phil Burrell, if you say it real fast, it almost starts to sound like wheelbarrow. Anyway, uh, he won defensive player of the year, uh, offensive rookie of the year, not a user player, defensive rookie of the year, Deacon Davis for the Panthers, who we'll talk about in the development trade news, followed by Sharif Baker for the Packers. Best quarterback, Zach Hutton of the Packers. Uh, Best running back, Jerome Burrell uh, of the Packers, um, now on the Falcons. Uh, But uh, during the season, he was on the Packers. Best receiver, Harvey Norton for the Packers. Uh, Best offensive lineman was for the Rams. D-lineman, Deacon Davis again. That's the rookie defensive lineman. Uh, Phil Burrell won linebacker of the year, followed by Browning for the Packers. And DB, uh, nobody made it. Massey came in second for the Packers on DB. Uh, You don't see user teams winning best DB quite as much as they win some of the other positions. So there are the awards for this year, and that'll lead us into our talk about development traits. So the development trait news. For the end of the year, we'll start with the Panthers. Deacon Davis, uh, who won Defensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Lineman of the Year, um, is a power rusher in this 3-4 scheme for the Panthers. 
Uh, he revealed as a star and then became superstar after after award season. Uh, this is a 22-year-old, six foot five, almost 300-pound lineman. Uh, he's got pretty good speed, 81 speed for a guy that big. Great strength, all the stuff that you want. Great power moves, uh, and his ability is unfakeable. Seems like everybody's getting that ability, um, and it's a nice one to have. It, it makes play action and screens a little bit harder to run against those teams. So Deacon Davis, uh, well on his way to having a stellar career there for the Panthers. Uh, and then at quarterback, Jimmy Griffith for them at the end of the year became an X-factor. And he's got the fearless trait, meaning if he gets in the zone, uh, he's completely unaffected by defensive pressure. That does not mean he can't get sacked, but it means... Uh, when people are getting close to him, it's not going to make his throws go off a little bit, which uh, will happen under normal circumstances. Certain defensive players, if they are if they have the right abilities or if they're a fear monger or whatever, they get close, they affect the quarterback's accuracy. Uh, his other abilities, uh, lofting dead eye, anchored extender, he's clutch. So midway through the fourth quarter in close games, he more easily enters the zone. Sideline dead eye, dead eye, perfect accuracy on throws outside the numbers. We don't see that one all that often, but that's pretty cool. Uh, and set feet lead, so he, he leads uh, he leads receivers better when his feet are set in the pocket. Uh, it doesn't say in the pocket, just anywhere. So uh, Jimmy Griffith, really good quarterback there, 25 years old. He's a 96 overall. Uh, looks like he's got all his... Ability slots full, so uh, he's starting to peak at the right time for the Panthers. We'll move on to the Packers. Uh, Jerome Burrell won running back of the year, and he went to X Factor, and he became a he got the protective custody thing, so that if he gets in the zone, he's not going to fumble. Um, so that's nice for the Falcons, who now have that player. Uh, Zach Hutton also went to superstar after award season, the quarterback for the Packers. He's a lofting dead eye and a long range dead eye. Uh, this is a guy that came out in the draft and his overwhelmingly his best trait was his throw power. So that all makes sense for him. Uh, Going to be a deep ball thrower for a long time. And at receiver, Harvey Norton, who missed his entire rookie year with an injury. Uh, became a superstar this year after winning wide receiver of the year twice in a row. So Harvey Norton, superstar, 83 overall, 95 speed, 92 acceleration and agility. Um, and he's got the in and out elite, uh, which a lot of receivers are getting right now. Uh, which brings me to the Browns, where Jarrett Wesley, the rookie receiver who won receiver of the year in the AFC uh, also became a superstar, also has the in-and-out elite, so watch out for a bunch of out routes and things like that. He's an 86 overall at this point uh, after his rookie year. Uh, very, very fast guy. 96 speed, 95 acceleration, and agility. So Wesley's going to be dangerous one there. And lastly, Tyler Moody for the Chiefs. Did not give me a position here, so I'm going to have to hunt around and see what position he plays. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Tower Moody, Moody, where is Moody? 
Moody, here we go. Tyler Moody, free safety. This is a rookie free safety. Uh, so in his first year, uh, he revealed as a superstar. So that's pretty good news. Uh, 85 speed, so not one of the the blazing guys. And he's 78 overall, so no abilities yet for him. But uh, that ended up being a nice little draft pick for the Chiefs there, especially considering uh, they don't have to pay him very much money because he got turned into a punter and then traded for. So that's the development trait news for the 2041 season, the end of the season. Um, none at the end of the year from the Patriots, I don't think. Looks like all our guys that won awards that could have uh, could have advanced by winning awards, all those guys were already pretty much maxed out on their abilities and overalls and all that, so they're not gaining anything there, and all their rookies already... Um, all their rookies already revealed. So Patriots may need to get some of their younger guys on the field earlier in order to have this stuff start happening. So that's the development trait news for 2041. So we'll cover this postseason. I don't know how much I can give you on this. I didn't see very many of these games uh, now that I kind of look at it. Uh, all user teams made it to the divisional round. In the divisional round, the uh, Patriots and Chiefs managed to play each other. I guess that was a hotspot internet connection that made that happen. I didn't even know it was happening. Uh, I didn't get streamed. We didn't get to see it. Um, so... Once again, I I just didn't go to the dark recesses of the internet to learn anything about this game this time. Um, so I'm not going to go into great detail on it because I don't know anything about it. Uh, looking at the box score, looks like um, the Patriots threw to Max Dean and Max Goodwin. Max Dean and Max Goodwin. A lot. 11 catches for Dean and 150 yards. And Goodwin had 7 catches and 120 yards. So that was the that was the dominant part of this game. Uh, looks like Dylan Nixon threw three interceptions. Also had two touchdowns, but that probably hurt the Chiefs. Those three interceptions. So uh, in result here, which I didn't say, I should say the score: uh, Patriots won twenty four fourteen and advanced to the AFC Championship. In the NFC, the Panthers and Packers played a wild game. Uh, Carolina won 31-27. Uh, this is a game where uh, Green Bay uh, jumped out to a 17-3 lead uh, by halftime. And uh, it was 10, yeah, it was 10 to 3 uh, at the end of the first half and the it was kind of an exciting moment. The Panthers, tried a long field goal. I think it was somewhere around 60 yards or maybe more than 60 yards. Came up short, and the Packers, uh, Patterson, backup running back, uh, caught it and returned it for a touchdown with zeros on the clock at the end of the first half. Uh, so that gave the Packers a 17-3 to lead going into halftime. 
Uh, third quarter, the Panthers added a touchdown. Um, strangely, the Packers started throwing interceptions in the second half of this game. Um, it was pretty clean in the first half, and then they committed a bunch of turnovers in the second half, and, and Zach Hutton has got to do a better job of protecting the ball. And also, I kind of have a bone to pick with Madden. The contested catches in this game were bizarre. It seemed like no matter whether it was offense or defense, nearly all of them went to the Panthers, including one, I think this was in the third quarter, on a shallow crossing route to a tight end, uh, Albury, who has 99 catching, 99 catching in traffic, uh, somehow in a contested catch scenario, a Panthers linebacker makes a diving one-handed catch where he's parallel to the ground uh, while both players are diving for the ball, and it just sticks to his hand, and he comes up with it. Uh, it seems like to me that Madden could do much better at these sorts of things. But at any rate, uh, Hutton should not have been throwing the ball in some of the places he threw it. Um, but the fourth quarter was wild. The Panthers scored 21 in the fourth quarter, and the Packers scored 10. Uh, the Panthers went and took the lead uh, late in the fourth, uh, somewhere around the two-minute drill, or the two-minute warning. Uh, that that Maybe that amount of time left. Uh, took a three-point lead, and three-point lead or four-point lead? Four point, they took a four-point lead uh, and left, I think it was under two minutes, and left the Packers in the chance where they had to, or in the scenario where they had to go the length of the field and score a touchdown in order to get the lead. And uh, the Packers did. And in fact, they left, I don't remember how much time, but somewhere around 30 seconds. It was not very much time uh, that the the Packers went down and took a three-point lead on a touchdown and uh, gave the ball back to the Panthers with, I think it was under 30 seconds left. Panthers did have three timeouts and caught a, got a couple of big chunk plays. Um, the touchdown before that they scored, one of them was one of those contested catches I was talking about in the corner of the end zone that was pretty impressive. Uh, got another one uh, on this drive. A pretty big chunk play and got a crossing route on a bad defensive call by the Packers in man coverage, a crossing route that went down the sideline and put the Panthers in field goal range. And it looked inevitable that the Panthers would be kicking a field goal and sending this game to overtime. And then the Panthers ran a jet sweep of all things from about 20 yards out and all the Packers players got blocked and they walked in for the touchdown to take the lead with just a few seconds left. And that was it. Uh, Panthers took a four-point lead and won the game, went on to the Super Bowl. So that's, uh, that's what happened in the divisional round. Uh, conference championship round, of course, the Panthers beat the Rams. And the Browns beat the Patriots 31-7. I saw some of that game. Uh, the Patriots struggled offensively, and it's understandable. This Browns defense is just outrageous. Really good Browns team all the way around. Uh, they're very balanced. They can run the ball well. They can throw the ball well. Uh, they don't have the old DK Metcalf, Michael Sharp guy who's big and fast and can win physical catches necessarily, uh, but they got speed everywhere, 
And like I said, they got balance. And then tons of speed on their defense and just lockdown players in the secondary. So understandable that the Patriots would struggle there. And I did see the Patriots, I think, um, really trying to do what they could to find the Browns' first read and cover them with a user player. And I think they slowed down the Browns a little bit, but it just wasn't enough. So uh, I know the Browns ran for well over 100 yards in this game um, and threw it pretty well as well. So 31-7, Cleveland went to the Super Bowl. Now the Super Bowl, I did not see, and uh, no one got me a report on it. So it's another one I can't talk much about. I just can look at the box score. Uh, I I heard it wasn't close, and it kind of sounded like it wasn't even as close as the score, and the score is not close. Uh, Cleveland beat Carolina 44-22 in the Super Bowl. And looking at the box score, uh, Gonzalez played well, three touchdowns, one interception, while Griffith had four interceptions to his one touchdown. And I got to think that's probably the, the big difference in this game. I know the Browns did have a pick six at one point. Devon Irwin, uh, running back for the Browns, had 70 yards and a touchdown. And Antoine Trailer, uh, their receiver, three catches, 147 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, so I'm not sure how that happened, but when the guy's going 50 yards every time he catches the ball and scoring, that's pretty scary, and, and you got to wonder maybe what was happening with the Panthers' defense that was allowing that. But one other note that I just I noticed when I was looking at this, and it's just a statistical thing and how Madden counts statistics. I, I don't know why it is. Uh, but under the defensive st- statistics, the catches allowed stat is zeros for both teams. So neither team ever allowed a catch. Uh, now this is the individual statistics, so I guess what that means is that no defensive player allowed a catch while he was in coverage. So I don't know if that means that the catches actually made in the game were just between coverage or there was no coverage near it, so you couldn't assign that catch allowed to a player. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but I thought it was interesting. thought I would mention it. So that's what happened in that game. Uh, Browns beat the Panthers. Browns win again. And... We're all pretty used to that now, but I don't know how much longer this Browns team holds together. Maybe another year, uh, and then they're going to get a little bit weaker again. And and that's when somebody in the AFC really needs to strike. Well, that'll do it for today's show. Um, I think everybody knows what the next episode probably will be. It'll be the draft grades. Everybody loves it. Uh, This is what determines the course of your franchise's future Uh, the grades not who you actually drafted the grades are what determine your franchise's future this will result in who uh, maintains their job in the front office and who gets fired so it's very important Uh, you've got that to look forward to and maybe we'll also do some sort of insidery podcast stuff that could be fun Uh, so be sure to listen to the next episode and get the all-important always accurate draft grades uh, from the Abibader podcast.
Until next time.